These days, health insurance is at the top of many people's concerns. It is expensive. The options can be overwhelming, especially if you're facing a significant life change, such as divorce, or maybe you're getting ready for retirement or thinking about leaving a company job and starting your own business. My guest here today is Isabel Gonzalez Lawson, and she is the owner of Core Benefits, which is a company that helps people find the best options for them when it comes to health insurance. I'm so happy to have her with us here today to answer some of our questions about what can be a very overwhelming and confusing topic. Isabel, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for, for inviting me. It's it's I'm very excited. <laughs> Good. Well, let's start off and just tell us a little bit about um, your experience in the world of health insurance. Well, I have been in the health insurance business for 26 years, so it's it's been an amazing journey. I love it, and I will say I take it almost like as an educational process for all my clients because it is very educational. And today, healthcare is extremely expensive, like you mentioned, and so there's a lot of options out there for 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 everyone needing healthcare. It's just knowing exactly what are your needs and really tailoring the plan to your specific needs. Exactly. You know, I I just know personally, I see the, the expenses keep going up and increasing and the benefits keep getting smaller. And I'm like, what, what is going <laughs> on here? It's really overwhelming. Um, all right, let's talk about, I think, just kind of to start, the basic options that most people have in terms of how they get health insurance. Because, you know, it's not, it hasn't historically been something you can just go sign up for, like a car insurance policy. You shop around, you know, go to the different insurance companies and sign up. It, it seems like, you know, the access to health insurance historically was more through employer-sponsored programs. So what options do people have today uh, when it comes to health insurance? Well, you have your group options. And depending on the size of the group, like if you have a company that has 20 employees or more, and you're actually going through divorce, you have access to COBRA benefits. And if you're going through divorce, the COBRA benefits actually will last 36 months. So it's basically three years. Then if you work for a company under 20 employees, let's say up to 19, you have here in the state of Texas, you have what it's called state continuation. You have nine months to be on state continuation. Okay, and, so that so that works great if your spouse was employed, right? Exactly. Um, or, I mean, if you're employed, then you would, you would, uh, or if you're not and you're looking to get employed, that uh, probably one of the things you're gonna be looking at is health insurance through the employer. Yes. Um, all right, so if you don't have the employer-sponsored health insurance, what other options are there? So let's say, um, for example, your husband owns a, a small business and you you have a small business as well, but you've always been on his insurance. Well, today with divorce, you know, just today with anything, companies are, are offering one man group insurance. You have an LLC and that will enable you to get group insurance as one person. Okay, so so even if you have your own little side business that you've been doing and it's an L, it's an LLC mm -hmm. or another business entity, does that only apply to LLC or does it would it apply to like a corporation? Corporations, LLCs, um, 
partnerships. Okay. Not sole proprietorships. Okay. So you have some sort of business entity for your small business and it's just you, you can get a group policy. Yes. Okay. And what, what distinguishes a group policy from an individual policy? Well, in today's market, there there is some distinctions. I would say the main distinction right now would be the networks. Uh, with group policies, you have options for a PPO, then you have options for in-network only, which they call, um, where you have benefits that are only in-network that work as a PPO, and then you have an HMO option. Okay with the individual market it depends on the company but a lot of them are hmos you do have some ppos but it's less the amount of offering in that market okay so if you're in um a group we're talking uh, this is sort of the alphabet soup that we're, can be really overwhelming yes so i know a pbo is a preferred <laughs> provider organization yes and um and you can work with any of the uh, any of the um, providers that are in the organization, um, right? You don't need to at first have like a, a referring doctor. Exactly, okay. and, and a PPO is usually a national network, so you can go anywhere in the nation, and then you have out of network benefits as well, and then you have an EPO that's exclusive provider organization where you can go anywhere usually in the in the entire country but it's only in network benefits okay so so with a ppo you have both in network and out of network yes with an epo you have only in network in network so if you say are someplace where they don't have a provider and you end up having to go to the doctor you know you're on a little trip or something you're going to be paying out of network benefits as long as you will. The only exception would be an emergency. If okay. it's an emergency situ situation, then you will have in-network benefits. But let's say you, you, you're somewhere in California and you have an EPO and you want, you fell down and you think you hurt your foot and you want to go to a podiatrist or to an um, orthopedic guy, an orthopedic doctor. Uh, well, you're going to have to pay. Okay, so that's going to be out of network. Yeah. But if I was having an appendicitis attack and exactly. operate, then that wouldn't that exactly. Wouldn't okay, and so when um, I know when we're dealing with the PPOs, there's usually a deductible. Yes. And and you have to pay the deductible before the insurance kicks in. Is that right? Not necessarily. So the deductible will apply to, I would say, major major services. So if you're just going to see the doctor for an office visit, be a primary doctor or a specialist, there's co-pays okay. under that. Some of the plans, if you want to go see a chiropractor, if you want to see a physical therapist, there's co-pays too. Some plans, if you want to go see a, um, a counselor, there's co-pays as well. So there's so many plans out there. You know, it's like a menu and some plans have these kind of benefits and some plans don't. So, okay, so with a with a copay, that's usually like, I don't know, $25, $50, $100 yes. or something that you pay for that doctor's visit. Exactly. And then the insurance pays the rest. Yes. Does that copay count against your deductible? It counts towards your out-of-pocket. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. And so the deductible is my, is that's my out of pocket up to a certain limit. So like if it's a $5,000 deductible, I'm going to be paying up until that. So usually your deductible is, for example, most deductibles today can be between a, a low deductible in today's world is $1,500. That's okay. a low deductible. The highest deductible is about $8,800. That's the highest deductible. For an individual. For an individual. And that's the highest out of pocket too. Okay. So, you know, when people say, I want catastrophic insurance, I tell them the, the catastrophic insurance will cover you. It basically, you're out of pocket in today's, in this year is $8,800. And so that will, that's like your maximum exposure in network for the entire year. To give you an example, someone is getting divorced, the pressure's so, so intense, they are diagnosed with cancer. Well, cancer has usually radio, radio uh, you know, therapy, they have chemo, they have surgery. There's all kinds of treatments that you need to have. Well, $8,800 is consumed within two months. Right. So for the rest of the year, the carrier would pay 100% in network of those claims. Okay. I know as a mom of young kids, I was always worried about, I wasn't thinking about the cancer. I was thinking about the broken arm or the emergency visit. And so those types of visits typically, probably, I mean, you're going to be paying out of pocket if you have a higher deductible, right? Yes. Okay. And then um, once you reach your out of pocket, you know, so, so your deductible is part of your out of pocket today. So if your deductible Say your out-of-pocket is $8,800. Your deductible is $2,000. Then the remaining is, what, $6,800? Okay, right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's so those are all things that are really important to look at when yes. you're looking at, you know, why is this so expensive? Well, you have a really low deductible. Mm -hmm. You have a low out-of-pocket. Mm -hmm. And your copay is low. That's probably that kind of policy is going to cost a lot more. Yes, because basically... The norm is the lower your deductible, the, the sooner the carrier is going to pay your claims. The higher the deductible, the more you're going to pay your claims until you reach your out-of-pocket. Now, on these, we're talking about group insurance. I want to stay yes. in the group insurance. Um, is preventative care covered? Am I, you know, if I'm supposed to be going in for mam uh, mammographies or colonoscopies and, you know, annual exams, is all of that covered in a group policy or am I going to be paying co-pays or, uh, you know, going out of pocket, going towards the deductible. Under the preventative, under the preventative, it's, it's very clear and delineated, but again, it's healthcare. <laughs> so certain carriers have a little bit more room to offer a little bit more. So I don't want to ever generalize. And I want to make sure that when I say the maximum out of pocket, it's the maximum pocket out of approved claims. Okay. Not because some of them might not get approved. So yeah, then you run into a lot of trouble <laughs> there. And so, yes, I, I don't, everything is specific and tailored to each person's needs. But yeah, so, so going back to the preventative. So the preventative usually is, for example, for women would be their annual physical, their mammograms, their pap smears, that's all covered 100%. So there's no co-pays for that. Okay. 
And for men under a certain age, you have a preventative test and some of the carriers will cover for colonoscopy. Some of them will, some will not. It just depends on the carrier, but that's considered preventative too. Okay, so you definitely wanna take a look at what preventative services will be covered. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, now when we, and I also wanna talk about, cause you said the other alphabet soup is HMO, Health yes. Maintenance Organization. Yes, yes. And so how is an HMO different from a PPO? It is quite different because Let's say this table we have right here mm-hmm. is the entire universe of one of the carriers' network on a PPO basis nationwide. And the HMO is going to be, say, the, the circumference of this microphone right here for the okay. state of Texas. So it's going to be significantly less, less, less um, amount of positions, specifically on the specialist side. So to give you an example, I mean, it's hard, but it can be quite different. Um, So you need, if you're in an HMO, you're only going to be seeing, you're going to be going to the HMO hospitals, you're going to be going to the HMO doctor's offices, you're going to be working within that system. Yes. You're not going to have the option to go shop around. Exactly. And the most important part is that the HMO is going to have a primary care doctor. He's going to be your doctor that's going to really know you very well and if you need to go see a specialist he will select the specialist for you and you can maybe research your hmo and kind of tell your physician that you would like to go to mm-hmm. this doctor that is in the hmo it can be difficult to get there so yeah so it, it's the healthcare is not bad it's just a lot more restrained it's restrictive yes okay and you have to get used to working with your with your primary care with your PCP you have yeah. to get really comfortable working with them and like him and and they feel that he's really or she or he is really taking good care of you right. that's very key okay and um, and then if you were to move outside and that HMO were not operating <laughs> then you would have to you'd have to be looking for another health insurance is that right well when you say when you well yes I mean let's say Let's say you're in Dallas Mm -hmm. and you want to move to Austin. Well, if you have, for example, the the policy from Texas, I mean, from Dallas, you would have to you would move to the Austin area. That that would be your HMO. Okay, but if they didn't have, and so if I moved to California, right? Then I and they don't have the same. Right. No, it's only in it's only in different areas in Texas. Mm -hmm. Basically, if you move to California you would apply for their insurance and and yes it's it would be a whole different situation once you move out of out of your realm you have to get another okay so that's another the group brand. and so we've learned today so far that a group policy can cover a a sole business owner but you have to have a business entity you can't be a sole proprietorship right but even though there's just one of you you can get your own group policy you can have a sole proprietorship but you you can't just be one you have to be at least two people okay all right, um, and then and then the group policy. We're looking at the HMOs and the PPOs. Are there any other the, PPOs? Are there any other type, broad general categories? Of no, those are pretty much it. So you have your PPOs that have in and out of network and is nationwide. You have your EPOs that's only in network and is nationwide, and then you have your HMOs which are regional. And yes, there's one, there's another one. So one of the carriers created another plan. It's very similar to an HMO, but 
and it's very regional as well. I think that has more specialists than UHMO. So it's always evolving. It, it's, al it's always evolving. It's, it's always changing. So one of the questions I have is, um, what is considered a group? So I assume as a small business owner mm -hmm. that um, my employees comprise our group. So yes. when it comes to pricing, we're going to be looking at the health of the members of the group. Is that a, is that a correct assumption? Yes. Yeah, so right now we have through, so Obamacare, one of the main, one of the main goals of Obamacare is to take out the pre-existing conditions. That was very important. So any company that has between one and 50 employees, there's something called fully insured plans. In those plans, you just write your name, your last name, just your personal information. They don't ask you a single health question. Okay. And because of that, those plans are going to be more expensive because insurance is to assess risk. And if the insurance company can't, you know, as I say, open the hood and look inside and see the risk, well, they're going to have to raise the rates. Okay. You see? So if, um, so I can, I can elect, I guess, to be part of this, this bigger group where they're not looking in under the hood, but we're going to pay more for that. Or we can be assessed by looking at the actual individuals. Is that fair to say? So there's basically two, two different options. So you have your fully insured as a company, say uh, your law firm, mm -hmm. right? Um, you go fully insured. And let's say you already know that there's people that have heart problems, diabetes, uh, have had cancer in the past, have had all these problems. Well, you're going to have to go the fully insured. Okay. Because if you go the self-funded, they're usually going to go back five years. Okay. Under the hood and say, what have you had? So if you have, so if you're an individual and you've had like no health issues, then mm -hmm. doing a group plan where they look under the hood is probably going to be a really great way to get health insurance. The only thing is that on the self-funded plans, you have to have at least five people. Okay. okay. All right. So the individual person, say the individual uh -huh. lawyer, he's going to be put on the fully insured. There's no, other op there's no other option for a group for an individual. Okay. You have to have at least five people to be considered for self-funded self-funded plans. Now, is a self-funded plan actually self-funded? <laughs> it's interesting. It's called level self-funded. Okay. And the reason it's called level self-funded is that they're going to ask you everything under the hood, all kinds of questions, something like 20 questions. Right. Okay. They're going to assess your risk. And based on your risk, if your risk is very low, then your rates are going to be low. And if your risk is too high, they'll say, we're not going to give you any offer. We decline to offer you the insurance because okay. you have too much risk. At the self-funded level. At the self-funded level. And then you just go into kind of the broader. You go back to the fully insured. The fully insured. Which is your only option. Okay. All right. Now. Uh, that's great if you've got a business yes. uh, or you're married and divorcing somebody who has a business. Yeah. Um, what happens if you don't, if there's not that, you're not working for an employer and you don't own a business and your spouse, you're not able to get health insurance through them. What other options do you have then at that point? So then you, you can tap the individual market. Okay. And what is the individual market? So the primary individual market would be what they call Obamacare or healthcare, okay. you know, the, the healthcare that was created in 20, under Obama, Obamacare, okay. which is the 2013. The main 
benefit of that health care is that you get subsidies based on where you fall on your income. Okay. So right now the subsidies are quite high actually. Um, like I have a couple that are retired um, pilots and, and the, the wife was also something to do with air, 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 can, air what is it? Airlines? Uh -huh. and no, no, the control. Uh, oh, air traffic controllers. Oh, okay. traffic control, yes. And so they just live off of their investments and they, and they're, and they earn a hundred thousand dollars off of their investment, which is good money for two people. Sure. They are able to qualify for a subsidy. Okay. So it, the, the chart has eight different categories with how many people you have in your household and what ages. And it's, it can be very complex, but I guess what I want to say is that in today's world, there's quite a bit of subsidies being offered. Okay, so the Obamacare then really is a, it's an individual policy, and we'll talk about the benefits here in just a minute. Mm -hmm. um, but the the great advantage is that if you qualify based mm -hmm. on income, then you that you'll have to be paying much less for insurance. Yes. Okay. Now, what kind of benefits are covered on an individual Obamacare program plan versus say that? That the group for the fully insured group plan, basically the same benefits. Okay, I mean the I would say the chassis is the same, the same exact. So benefits. you have preventative care. Yeah, and 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 the beauty of the Obamacare is that they wanted to make the plans affordable. So I'm giving you money for your health care, but what if the plan has a really high deductible? Then it's not really accessible to me. So depending on where you fall, your deductible also decreases. Your out-of-pocket decreases. Your co-pays can be zero. I mean... And so what at what level of income do you kind of max out so you're not going to get any of the subsidies or benefits of like the lower deductible? Um, it depends. I mean, the chart is, is, is... Complex. Very complex. It has eight different categories and then based on how many people are in your household. And it, it, it is quite complex. So you were saying earlier, like about around um, 178,000 if you have seven people in your household. Yes. Okay, so you, if you're making more than $178,000, you're probably not gonna get a lot of subsidies. If, pro, exactly. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you're not getting a lot of subsidies, how expensive is it? Is it an expensive plan to opt into? <laughs> well. Or that's gonna vary. Does that vary on your individual health? It varies on the product you buy. Okay. Okay. And in, it varies on how many people you're covering as well. Of course, how many people are are, in, are going to go with that mm -hmm. plan. Let's say if you if you get divorced, who is going to be carrying the insurance? Is it the husband that's going to be carrying the insurance from now until the child turns 18 or 24 based on the divorce decree? Or are they going to one year one parent, one year the other parent? It just depends. On, okay. on those bases mm -hmm. and as we just you know healthcare will continue to go up unfortunately the other thing that that is important to address is that the variables change you know the out-of-pockets mm -hmm. change the deductibles go higher the co-pays can go higher and the providers can get <laughs> the number of people who are offering the 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 services under that plan also have been shrinking right well, it, it depends. Um, I would say 
right now the we're, we have much less amount of networks than we had back back in 2010 okay because the small players in the market that were back in 2010 could not look under the hood and couldn't assess the risk so they thought if i can't assess my risk offering insurance between 1 to 50 you know people then i could get out of i could be out of business right really quick so they sold their businesses to the bigger carriers okay. so today there's there's much less carriers than what we had back in 2010. okay that helps a little bit now let's just like so so the obamacare is an option but if you didn't want to go the obamacare route mm -hmm. can you still like do some i've heard of catastrophic plans there are these um various kind of products that seem to provide some benefit if you get cancer or i mean how does that yeah work? There, there is some other options uh, there's, for example, they call them short-term policies, but they can be long-term policies. Some of the carriers can offer them up to three years. So they under, and they do underwrite you. They ask you not a whole lot of questions, but it does have underwriting. And then uh, you can buy it up to three years and kind of make sure that if something happens within those three years, they, you know, and you continue to pay your premiums, you can't get canceled. Yeah, or you can buy it for a specific amount of time if you want to. Uh, the important is to know the most important thing about to know about those products is really what is covered. As long as you're well educated of what's covered, then you don't have any surprises. They're okay. good plans. They're they're not bad. Then you have what you call supplemental plans, where some people the supplemental plans can be a little more tricky because what they do is they put different policies together and it gets complex to yeah. understand and it's almost like you have like three different policies and, and every policy is a different contract so what applies here doesn't apply here and it just becomes it becomes a nightmare and i think one of the things that i've learned is that you know if you don't know what's going to be covered that can cause a lot of anxiety and just not you know do I take my child to the emergency room if I think they're sick? Am I making decisions to not do that? Because I don't know if it's going to be covered or not. And, you know, I mean, our, our health is one of the most valuable things that we have. So It's true. Yes. I, as I would say, your health is your wealth. Exactly. Because without it, you can't do much without your health. You can't work. If you can't work, you can't make your money. You can't make your payments. It's like it all kind of falls apart. Um one more thing just to touch on real quick, and that is, you know, coming up on retirement. Mm -hmm. I'm not there anytime soon, but someday I'm sure it'll be a whole different system by the time I get there. But right now, if somebody is thinking about going ahead and retiring, um, what, is, what does healthcare look like for the retired person? Actually, um, it's very good healthcare. Okay. And very, we're talking about Medicare, right? Yes, we are. So basically, if someone's worked 10 years or more, they've already paid enough money for your Part A. And your Part A is the ability to access any hospital, basically in the entire country. Then you have your Part B, that, that is where you are able to go see a doctor or where you are able to go get therapy, like if you need to go see, uh, for example, a physical therapist. It's basically in-office visits, not hospital settings, okay. in-office visits. That's your Part B. And depend on how much you make, the Part B will vary in cost. 
And so... And you have to opt into Part B. You have to, like, subscribe to yeah, that. Yeah, you, you do. Okay. And, and usually, <laughs> before you turn 65, a lot of people know that you're going to turn 65, <laughs> so you get bombarded by mail. Okay. <laughs> Everybody in the world is sending you all kinds of information, and you're like, what do I do? What is this? And it can be very, very um, mind-boggling because you don't know which way to go. And so with that, that, what I'm trying to say is that the benefits are very good. And then you can, on, on Medicare, basically the way it works is they cover 80% of the expenses, you cover 20. Okay. So that's why it's important to put something over that that will cover that 20%. You can do that with a supplement or you can do it with a Medicare Advantage. So depending on your needs, you go one, one option or the other. But in today's market, the benefits are amazing for okay. the cost. Okay. For the cost. And does that cover nursing home care if you needed nursing home care? It will only cover for 100 days. All right, so there are there are limitations. Great policy covers a lot of things, but um, yeah, it won't cover what they call long term care. Okay, and basically, a um, hundred days is what's covered under the policy. For example, if you need knee surgery and you have your surgery at the hospital, but you can't walk and it hurts a lot, um, they can put you in a re re rehabilitation facility, and that's going to cover that. So. It's amazing. I mean, the benefits are, I would say, very, very good. Do you help people like navigate and make cho choices in the the various options that are available Absolutely. in their Medicare? Okay. Yes, because today, <laughs> eleven thousand people or more are turning sixty-five. Okay. Every day. Every day. Yes. So there are but lots of people who need that. And and when you're working with somebody and kind of helping them pick a plan, um, are you do they pay you hourly or are you are you being paid because they are buying some insurance through you? The carriers will pay me. Okay. All right. Directly my commission. So okay. no. They So people can consult with you and get their questions answered. Yes. yes. And um, and you're happy to work with them to kind of pick the right the best plans. Exactly. And maybe for some reason I don't have that product, I will direct them to where I know a person that will offer that product. So. I know that your heart is really in the work that you do and helping people find um, the right resource. And I, I know from people that I've sent to you and you know, you don't, you may not get any business off of them, but you're really committed to helping people find the best solution. Absolutely. It's about if you, whoever you help today, you know, you might help them in the future or they'll send you a referral. It's just, it's just, feels, I mean, it's, it's just my mission just to be out there and educating people and all their options and really guiding them to the, what's best for them. Right. And I think especially when we're navigating healthcare, um, there, there's so many options. I know we've just touched on a few things today. Um, and so if you if if somebody is, uh, you know, starting their own business, do you, you do you also help uh, small businesses select health insurance? Absolutely. Okay. Yes. And um, and then if somebody's going through a divorce and they kind of want to better understand what the best option is, you work with people who do that as well? Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Well, Isabel, it's been great having you here today. And I thank you for taking time to help us sort of unpack some of the mysteries of health insurance and really helping empower people to make the very best decision. 
Thank you for inviting me. It's been an honor and uh, would love to come again. Great. Um, if you want to learn more information about Isabel and about her practice um, and how you can contact her to get some guidance and direction and help figure out the, the best option for you, uh, we hope you will reach out and contact her. Um, we hope you enjoyed your, uh, the episode today and we hope that you will like and subscribe and stay tuned for future episodes. Thank you. Thank you.